Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone. I am pleased to welcome you back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. And you guessed it, Dr. Casey Grover here back again as your host for this episode. Today's episode is on 12-step programs and mutual support programs for the treatment of substance use disorders. There are quite a few mutual support groups and 12-step programs, the most famous of which is Alcoholics Anonymous, also known as AA. As AA is the most well-known and well-studied mutual support group and 12-step program, a lot of this episode will be on AA. Mutual support groups are an incredibly important part of addiction medicine. As one of my mentors in addiction medicine has taught me, there are three basic high-level forms of treatment for addiction. Medication, counseling or therapy, and mutual support groups. So it is essential that we as medical providers taking care of patients with addiction be familiar with mutual support groups and what they do. And as a side note, I am getting ready to take my boards in addiction medicine this fall, and I was told very specifically by a colleague who already has his boards in addiction medicine that I need to know the 12 steps of AA for my boards. So this episode is a bonus for anyone like me who is studying for the addiction medicine board exam. And with that, let's dive in to this topic. A quick bit of housekeeping before we start. Alcoholics Anonymous is often referred to as AA, and I will use that abbreviation frequently during this episode. As always, we will be keeping this podcast evidence-based. I looked around for a paper that would provide a simple overview of mutual support groups and 12-step interventions, and can you believe it? I found one that was perfect. The title of the article is 12-Step Interventions and Mutual Support Programs for Substance Use Disorders, an overview. The lead author is Dennis Donovan, and the article was published in Social Work and Public Health in 2013. So let's dig into this paper. The article begins with a standard introduction section. This is actually an article written for social workers as an audience, but it's well written and applies to the general medical audience. As the introduction section begins, the authors highlight some of the very key and very high-level benefits of 12-step and mutual support group programs, namely that they are very easily accessible and free for people to join. They are available literally all over the world and are one of the most readily available resources for substance use treatment. In the United States in 2006 and 2007, an estimated 5 million Americans attended a mutual support group to try to deal with alcohol or drug use issues. And let's take a second here and step aside from the article to define some terms so that we know what we are talking about. 12-step programs 
are programs that are designed especially to help an individual overcome an addiction, compulsion, serious shortcoming, or traumatic experience by adherence to 12 tenets emphasizing personal growth and dependence on a higher spiritual being. Now, mutual support groups are collections of individuals, usually with the same problem or condition, who aim to support each other. Think of it as a group therapy session for people who share a problem or condition, where the group leads itself and people provide emotional support to each other through their shared experience with the common problem or condition. And there's a bit of overlap here. Mutual support groups, as you just heard, are basically group meetings where people discuss a common problem and try to help each other. 12-step programs use the 12-step model to guide recovery from a behavioral problem or addiction. Putting them together, we can create specific groups. For example, Alcoholics Anonymous is a 12-step-based mutual support program for people with alcohol use disorder. Narcotics Anonymous is a 12-step-based mutual support program for people with drug use. Okay, back to the article. Close to 50% of those Americans who attend mutual support groups do so because of alcohol, and close to 25% of those Americans who attend mutual support groups do so because of illicit drugs. About a third attend because of problems with both. It turns out that people who attend mutual support groups for substance use also frequently seek medical treatment for their substance use disorder, with over one-third of people attending mutual support groups for substance use also receiving formal medical treatment for substance use. These mutual support groups have traditionally been in person, but have also expanded to online meetings, such as via Zoom, too. The only requirement for people to start attending these meetings is a desire to stop drinking or using drugs, and there is a strong emphasis placed on service to others and helping other members to get clean and sober. Now, let's take a minute to dig a little deeper into the 12-step philosophy specifically. The 12-step philosophy emphasizes accepting addiction as a disease that can be halted but never cured, and success is defined as enhancing maturity, improving spiritual growth, decreasing self-centeredness, and providing support to others with addiction. The 12-step program, as you would expect, involves 12 consecutive steps that are outlined as the path to recovery. Let's take a pause on this article for just a second and go to aa.org, which is the Alcoholics Anonymous website, to review their 12 steps. Here they are. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Now, if you're wondering how these steps work, each step is taken in a sequential fashion. Patients must work, usually with the help of a sponsor who has successful experience with the 12 steps, through each step. They must be successful in completing step one before going on to step two, and so on. Some of the steps are relatively simple, and others take quite a bit of time. Step four, making a fearless moral inventory, involves sitting down and recalling all of the mistakes and bad behaviors that occurred as a result of substance use. This can actually be quite lengthy. As an example, I recently read the memoir about addiction entitled American Drug Addict, written by author Brett Douglas. It took him a year to complete his fearless moral inventory, which he did by writing the book while in prison for a year, serving time for crimes related to his drug use. It would be fantastic to dig into each of the steps in detail, but to keep this episode from getting too long, we'll move forward. Each 12-step program will have a slightly different set of 12 steps. As you can imagine, the 12 steps of Cocaine Anonymous are focused on cocaine rather than alcohol. Additionally, there's so much more on AA specifically, such as AA's manual, a book called Alcoholics Anonymous, often referred to as the big book, which provides AA attendees with a textbook they can read and review as they work through the 12 steps. Alcoholics Anonymous has a great website, so if you want to learn more about AA, check out their website at aa.org. In the interest of time, let's head back to the article by Donovan et al. The authors move on and note that the general tenets of recovery, as defined by 12-step groups, can be distilled down into a six-pack of core concepts. I love the alcohol puns of distilling and six-pack that the authors used, but oh well. Here is that so-called six-pack. One, don't drink or use drugs. Two, go to mutual support meetings. Three, ask for help. Four, get a sponsor. Five, join a group. And six, get active. And these six core concepts are great. They are simple, intuitive, and I can understand how they would help someone with a substance use disorder. Now moving on. The first question that comes to my mind about mutual support groups and 12-step programs is, do they work? Fortunately, the authors of this article tackle this question next. It turns out that the data on the scientific efficacy of 12-step and mutual support group programs isn't well studied, but the median length of abstinence reported by Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous members is greater than five years. 
one out of three attendees has between one and five years of abstinence, and most people attend two to four meetings per week. There are multiple reviews in the literature on this topic that the authors in this paper cite, and the overall summary of these reviews is that Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and other similar programs are associated with an excellent likelihood of abstinence, with substance use-free periods up to 16 years in people who attend regularly. Outcomes in treatment for substance use disorders are better when patients are attending 12-step meetings in addition to other medical treatment modalities, particularly when patients attend three or more meetings per week. It also turns out that the more a patient attends meetings, the more effective they are in the treatment of substance use disorders. And when patients are involved in actively doing 12-step work, they are more likely to remain abstinent. The authors move on to note that it is hard to establish a clear causal relationship between 12-step involvement and clinical outcomes in the treatment of substance use disorders. However, the data is increasingly convincing that attending mutual support groups, including 12-step meetings, leads to a decrease in drug and alcohol use and that the evidence is actually supporting a causal relationship between meeting attendance and abstinence. The authors then move on to look at how special populations may need special attention. The first population that they address is women. Women make up to one-third of Alcoholics Anonymous members, and the evidence would suggest that they do just as well as men in responding to AA interventions. Some mutual support groups have women-only meetings that may be perceived as more welcoming by women. The second population is youth. Less than 15% of members of mutual support groups are under 30, with less than 2% of members of mutual support groups being under 21. The authors discuss some theories as to why these mutual support group meetings are less attended by younger people, and they include an inability to relate to the struggles of older adults, issues of adolescent brain development, boredom with meetings, and not being able to accept the concept of never drinking or using drugs again. Despite these barriers, when youth with substance use disorders do attend mutual support group meetings, they are effective. Youth-specific mutual support groups have emerged to meet the unique needs of young people with substance use disorders, such as the mutual support group called Young People in Recovery, also known as YPR. The third group is individuals with co-occurring psychiatric and substance use disorders. The authors note that there is evidence that patients with both substance use disorders and mental health conditions benefit from mutual support groups. However, for patients with serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, it may be hard for them to attend and focus on meetings if having a lot of mental health symptoms. Like other populations discussed, there are special 12-step meetings for patients with both substance use disorders and mental health disorders, such as double trouble in recovery, also known as DTR. The authors pivot here to ask the question, how do 12-step groups and mutual support groups work? It turns out there are multiple aspects on how they actually are effective. First, the authors discuss the concept of fellowship, meaning that by attending mutual support group meetings, 
Patients with substance use disorders are surrounding themselves with a community of people who are striving for recovery. As such, they are less likely to be around people who are drinking or using, and they are more likely to be around people that support recovery. And along with this, to quote the authors, quote, this adaptive shift in the social network is also accompanied by decreased exposure to drinking-related activities and cues that induce craving, as well as increased non-drinking activities, end quote. Second, 12-step programs specifically involve working on behavior change processes. As you heard when I read the 12 steps, a lot of the work to be done when going through the 12 steps involves self-reflection, developing a sense of personal accountability for one's actions, and a commitment to recovery. Again, to quote the authors, here are some of the behavior change processes that 12-step meetings encourage. Quote, providing structure and a sense of goal-directedness, the provision of behavioral norms about and role models for how to work towards abstinence, the development and engagement in non-substance-related activities that are rewarding and can take the place of substance-related activities, and the development of more effective coping skills with an associated increase in self-efficacy, end quote. And here, the authors take a minute to review and reiterate the benefits of mutual support groups and 12-step programs. Mutual support group meetings, as we discussed, are collections of individuals, usually with the same problem or condition, which aim to support each other. For these meetings, the efficacy appears to be most in fellowship. People with a common problem being together and supporting one another with a common goal of cessation of a harmful behavior such as drug use. For 12-step programs, the efficacy comes from the framework for behavioral change that the 12 steps provide. Obviously, when you have a mutual support group that uses the 12-step framework, you have the benefits of both, again, with Alcoholics Anonymous being the best-known example. The authors move on to discuss barriers to attendance and engagement with mutual support groups and 12-step programs. Here are things that people report are barriers to engaging with mutual support groups and 12-step programs. Fluctuations in readiness and commitment to change, being spiritual or religious, the need to surrender, the sense of powerlessness, conflict between personal held beliefs and those of the 12-step program, lack of comfort with the group of people at a meeting, and social phobia or social anxiety. So for mutual support groups and 12-step programs, helping your patient find the right group that works best for them is essential. If a person is not religious, then connect them with a non-religious mutual support group. If a person doesn't like the feel of a specific Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, have them check out other nearby meetings to see if a different meeting in their area feels better to them. And you as a medical provider don't have to be the expert on all of the meetings. Connect your patient with a substance use disorder to your social work team, your drug and alcohol counselor, or a local drug treatment program they will have a great understanding of the local and online landscape of mutual support programs and can help your patient connect with a group that is going to work for them. The authors move on to the final section of the paper, which is what we as medical professionals can do to help our patients when they are attending mutual support groups and 12-step meetings. This is a bit of a long section in the paper and to keep this episode short and to the point, I'm going to do some summarizing. First, 
Just make sure your patients with substance use disorders know about mutual support groups and 12-step programs as a resource. If your patient doesn't know they exist, they can't attend them. Second, get informed about what these groups do and how they help so you can talk to your patients about them. By listening to this episode, this is enough to get you started, but consider attending a local meeting or talking to the organizers of meetings around you or getting feedback from your patients about their experiences at meetings. Third, encourage your patient to get involved with mutual support groups and or 12-step programs. If your patient is on the fence about getting treatment for their substance use disorder, use skills such as motivational interviewing and brief interventions to increase your patient's motivation to go to meetings. The more meetings they attend, the more effective the meetings are. The authors do a deep dive into lots of other ways to make 12-step meetings more effective and to increase attendance of meetings, and we're going to skip that in the interest of time. The paper is free on PubMed, so if you want to check it out, go for it. And that's the end of this first paper. Now, while I was researching this episode, I did come across a Cochrane Review article on the topic of the efficacy of AA and other 12-step programs. And let's take a brief look at this. The lead author is John Kelly, and the title of the article is Alcoholics Anonymous and Other 12-Step Programs for Alcohol Use Disorder. And it's a Cochrane Review from 2020. Cutting to the conclusion, the review corroborates the conclusions from the first paper. Mutual support groups, including 12-step meetings, work for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. Here's a quote from the conclusion that I modified very slightly to make it easier to understand. Quote, there is high quality evidence that Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step interventions are more effective than other established treatments, such as cognitive behavioral therapy for increasing abstinence. Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step interventions may be at least as effective as other treatments for alcohol-related outcomes. Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12-step programs probably produce substantial healthcare cost savings among people with alcohol use disorder, end quote. Now we're almost done with this episode, but before we go, let's take a brief look at some of the other mutual support groups and programs besides AA to highlight some of the great work that they do. And once again, if you want to learn more about AA, including a list of meetings, check out their website at aa.org. Narcotics Anonymous, also known as NA, is a 12-step based mutual support group for people with addictions to substances other than alcohol. You can learn more about NA, including finding meetings, at na.org. Smart Recovery, S-M-A-R-T, is another mutual support group that focuses on using cognitive behavioral approaches to reducing drug and alcohol use. You can check out smartrecovery.org. There are also groups for the family members and loved ones of those with addictions to get support. Al-Anon and Alateen are mutual support groups for people who have been affected by someone else's drinking. You can learn more at alanon.org. That's al-anon.org. Naranon is a 12-step mutual support group for friends and family of people with drug addiction. And you can learn more about them at their website, which is naranon.org. N-A-R-A-N-O-N.org. There are also support groups for addictions to behaviors such as Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, also known as SLA, S-L-A-A. And this is a 12-step based mutual support group for people with sex and love addiction. 
bottom line, there are tons of mutual support groups out there for all sorts of addictions with lots of different approaches. Best of all, they're free and effective. Okay, so let's wrap this episode up with some take-home points. Obviously, there was a ton more that we could have talked about on this episode given the breadth of the topic, but I thought this was a nice high-level review. Take-home point number one. There are three basic forms of treatment for addiction, medication, counseling or therapy, and mutual support groups. Take-home point number two. 12-step programs are designed specifically to help an individual overcome an addiction compulsion, serious shortcoming, or traumatic experience by adhering to 12 tenets, emphasizing personal growth and dependence on a higher spiritual being. Take-home point number three. Mutual support groups are collections of individuals, usually with the same problem or condition, which aim to support each other. You can think of a mutual support group as a group therapy session for people who share a common problem or condition where the group leads itself and people provide emotional support to each other through their shared experience with a problem or condition. Take-home point number four. There are many different mutual support groups available to our patients. Some are 12-step based, others are not. Work with your social work team, community resources, and local drug treatment programs to understand what mutual support groups are available in your area or online so that your patient can find one that works well for her or him. Take-home point number five. Mutual support groups, including 12-step programs, are effective in treating substance use disorders. The more often a person attends, the more effective they are. And take-home point number six. Best of all, mutual support groups and 12-step programs are free and available all over the planet, in person, and online. And that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening and what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.